with that, welcome back into the One Giant Podcast. As we had mentioned uh, on our last episode, I was going to be coming back in with uh, some player profiles in and around this upcoming 2020 NFL Draft class. Now, I had alluded to taking a look at the linebacker position, but in starting to line this up and thinking about free agency, there's another position that the uh, Giants tried to attack last year, trading back into the first round to get DeAndre Baker. We know that he struggled early in the season for the New York Giants, but also definitely showed some promise at the back half of the season, started to get put into some situations defensively where he was able to excel at what he is best at. So I still think that there is certainly a value for him on this team and he can be a contributor uh, and can develop and grow into that number one outside player that the, that the uh, Giants desire. That being said, even if he does turn out to be a, a player on the outside for New York, you still have to think Sam Beal, who again showed some promise late in the season as well. You wonder about changing over the coaching staff, new defensive coordinator, and how that can impact some of these young players. But you still need someone else you know, in this rotation of talent in the secondary. We know we have Peppers there. Obviously, Julian Love transitions to safety and looks very strong in that role as well. Doesn't mean you still don't want someone else on the back end, whether it's to play alongside him and Peppers, rotate you know, within that unit. And of course, down the road, we know we have Peppers right now, but are we going to extend him when his uh, contract runs out? Will we look to extend him knowing that we got him over, obviously, in a trade scenario with the Cleveland Browns? So there's some moving pieces here. And obviously, with the new coaching staff, again, you're probably still going to want to get some of your own guys in after you've gone through the evaluation process. So as you may uh, notice here, we're going to go towards the cornerback position. And this is going to feed right into tomorrow's episode. I'll be getting on with Andy Makowitz, and I want to talk a little bit about draft day scenarios and positions of need and at what point in the draft you can best fill them. I will briefly allude to the mock draft scenario that I ran through a number of times just to kind of test the waters on how consistently this can be the case. And to feather this in as well, in this premise, just like we had done on our initial mock draft, and we'll probably go through another full-length one, I was running through just some four-round scenarios for the Giants. This will involve a trade-down for them, and as far as free agency is concerned, some of that speculation now about how Ngakwe will be looking to make around $22 million a year, I still think that that's a price tag that the Giants need to be willing to get in on, and then this discussion will happen tomorrow uh, with Andy Makowitz, and that's where the possibility of the Giants going out and getting McGovern, the center from the Denver Broncos, who's going to be on the free agent market. Consistent improvement for him, probably going to cost you about $10 million a year. So right there, you're talking about around probably half of the free agency spending that the Giants are going to look to do in that 55 to $60 million range. But I think there's value in it because what it does is open up those middle rounds for selections to fill needs on this roster. With that being the case, let's run through some of these options coming out of college, guys that are going to be entering the draft this year. We're not going to take a look at Okuda because I think if you're getting him, you're getting him fairly high in the draft somewhere within that first 10 or 12 range. And again, even though I highlight that the Giants are going to trade down in this scenario, I think that the other needs, obviously mainly offensive tackle, are too glaring for them to pass up. So 
Uh, in this scenario, the Giants make a trade down with the Indianapolis Colts who come up to their, get their quarterback of the future. Obviously, we know there's still going to be a lot of moving parts uh, when you talk about who may be trade partners with the Giants. But in this scenario, they haven't gone out and gotten a Phillip Rivers or made a trade to bring in another one of these names that's being thrown out around the NFL right now. Uh, no Tom Brady sightings in Indianapolis. So they make the trade down. And what's nice about this for the New York Giants is that what you end up getting back in return here, we'll highlight is for the first pick at four, the Giants receive the Colts 13th overall pick. They also receive the 12th pick in the second round, the 11th pick in the third round, the 16th pick in the fourth round, and then the 14th pick in the fifth round. So you're giving yourself options there in the third round where you know you lost a pick in the Leonard Williams trade. Now you get yourself back in those mid rounds and you also give yourself extra picks in the second, fourth, fifth rounds as well to continue to fill out your roster. So that being the case, you start to look over some of these options here. You can obviously move past Okuda. We're going to take him right off the board. I want to kind of work back to front here because there are some interesting players that you can maybe think about taking a look at in those four to six round ranges. And certainly when you've gotten some of these picks backing up, that gives you more opportunity to explore these options. You have a player like Lamar Jackson uh, out of Nebraska. He you know, is projected to play at a 4.54 speed. He's 6'2", 206 pounds. The brief synopsis on him is, is he can certainly be a little bit soft in terms of run support and is not necessarily a, quote, playmaker in pass defense. Now, he is probably best suited for man or press man, and you think about DeAndre Baker and the fact that that's kind of where he excels at well, uh, as well. So maybe you're talking about getting bodies there that are going to play a similar in-your-face you know, attacking style. Now, listing that he is a little bit soft in run support and isn't necessarily going to be a playmaker, there are some detractions there. The value for him, I think, is that he has size and length, and you're talking about a guy that's probably going to fall, again, to that fourth, fifth round is an area that you can start to take a look at a player like this. So that's maybe a guy that you can still bring in and say, we can get him into this room and develop, knowing that there's going to be guys like Grant Haley maybe on this roster that don't make it through training camp underneath a new coaching staff with some possible changeover coming here certainly uh, possibly significant change overcoming we we work our way through here again and we talk about uh troy pride jr he's out of notre dame again he's projected to have a 440 speed six foot 190 pounds so not quite as tall as jackson a little bit leaner as well but he's a solid although not overly impressive player had a decent 2019 season you can go back to the year prior he was there with julian love in that unit who performed well collectively, and to that point, you can bring in this kind of player and have him be a contributor. He's not going to be your standout lockdown corner, but at the same time, you can put him in the right positions to excel and contribute for the team. Now, he does have good size, and then the speed factor is obviously uh, important as well. Again, six foot, so tall enough. Like, you know, some Usually, when you get into these 6'2 ranges, that's a pretty extreme height for a cornerback, typically, and unless they're paired with great athleticism as well as speed, sometimes size comes with some limitations, especially in the speed department. So, you know, he's right in that sweet spot, obviously has projected enough speed here to work down the field with some of those faster wide receivers. You can maybe potentially see him work a little bit on the interior in nickel slot, uh, slot packages potentially for the New York football giants, another player in that four to six round range. 
Now, you get up here a little bit higher in the draft. We talk about Reggie Robinson III. He's the cornerback out of Tulsa, projected to have a 4.49 speed, 6-1-2-0-2. Now, he has, again, this is that combination at 6-1-2-0-2, but all these scouts are saying has the speed and athleticism to be able to run with and make the plays on some of the bigger wide receivers on the outside at the NFL level. Now, he still has to develop his game a little bit, but the idea is that you can maybe steal him a little bit later in the draft, have to develop him, but a year or two down the road, you could be looking at a guy who takes over in a starting role for you if you develop these skill sets for him and continue to hone in on getting your ball, getting your head around, locating the ball in the air, challenging for those 50-50 balls down the field as well. Now, he's earmarked for anywhere from the third to fifth round, so you know if you're talking about maybe he falls into, say, early third round or that mid-third round pick if the Giants make a trade down. I don't know if that's you know quite the spot where you want to make a move for him given how many holes you want to fill and have players that can come in and contribute immediately on this team. But you fall to that fourth and certainly back into the fourth into the fifth round, all of a sudden you're talking about a value pick and a player that can come in, compete with some of these other faces in the Giants secondary and maybe just overtake some guys on the depth chart. And all that means is that you're starting to improve the depth across this roster no matter what position you take a look at. Above him, as we move up on the draft board again, this is a player that's going to be, again, starting around the third round in terms of where you may, may be able to get him, but probably is gone by the time you get through that fourth round. And that's Lamar Hill out of Michigan. He's a 448 projected 40 time, only 5'11", 181. And obviously, uh, this past season coming up with three picks, judging by his size and speed, you can obviously realize that he's going to be maybe best suited to play on the inside in that slot position. I bring up the name Grant Haley again because you start to think about whether or not, you know, the Giants drafted Ballantyne as well. He obviously was coming uh, off of an non-football related injury so you want to see how he develops in this off-season program Grant Haley struggled a great deal at times and that's why this name is going to be on the tip of my tongue and you start to think about if you're going to draft a cornerback someone that can come in and compete on the inside it can certainly be a value area for the Giants because even though you may still want to see what Baker does this season or you could be thinking you know Sam Beal finally got an opportunity to play and now this will kind of really be his second year but you're still going to need playmakers there but when you look on the inside if you don't really know what you're going to have a Ballantyne at this point and maybe after two full seasons Grant Haley kind of has that feeling of you know what he is it could be worth taking a look at a guy that you feel like can line up on the inside so that's a third to fourth round pick that you can certainly take a look at. Now, as we get up a little bit higher in, you know, in this draft class, this is where it gets interesting, and I'll briefly touch on after I lay out one more name, and then I'm going to really make the case uh, for a big player that the Giants should be looking to get in this draft, and why I think maybe in free agency you need to make sure you check a couple of key boxes. Uh, Jeff Gladney out of TCU, projected to go in the second or third round, 448 projected 40 times speed, six foot 183, again, 
kind of in that you know interior slot or nickel package scenario potentially for the New York Football Giants. But all the scouting reports are pro level cover skills to run with wide receivers and prevent uh, prevent separation by some of these guys on the outside. So obviously uh, has enough there. Now 183 means he's a little bit lean. Uh, it could get bigger and does also have some off the field issues. So you have to take that into account. It doesn't seem like the sense we get from Joe Judge that he is going to be uh, someone who tolerates that kind of thing. But through the interview process, through the combine, if those issues can be addressed and he can alleviate any of the concerns that teams have, he certainly needs to be on the board and in consideration. Again, has the speed and athleticism to have success at the NFL level. The one knock would be is that he probably is a little bit undersized, not necessarily from a height standpoint, again, six foot, but 183. You know, if he can get, he probably have to put on another 10 pounds of, of muscle and size to him to be able to compete with some of the bigger wide receivers at the NFL. And then the question mark would be, do you lose something in terms of speed and being able to keep up with these guys if you bulk yourself up a little bit? So before I get to where I think the Giants should maybe you know, look to hone in on here on the draft, let's go ahead and just walk you through very quickly what occurs in the last mock draft. And, and I ran this through a couple of times just to confirm. So this is over uh, again on Fanspeak. We went through with uh, one of the Fanspeak's big boards. Now, you know, one of the things we've been seeing on Twitter lately and social media in general I saw the commentary about how it's interesting that, uh, you know, Andrew Thomas continues to kind of be getting shuffled around this offensive tackle board in spite of the fact that he, he every, you know, clearly on paper and everything that his track record shows at the, at the collegiate level says that he is hands down the best offensive tackle in the draft. That being the case. These have been shuffled a little bit. Some people have moved Wills up above him. Obviously, you still find worse and Becton typically behind him. So the caveat here is that I work through this mock draft. We trade down with Indianapolis. And then at the 13th pick, Andrew Thomas is there. So obviously, that's a no-brainer selection. Now, I again, I would say... Even if it's not him, it's going to be one of these tackles. So maybe it's Wirfs or maybe it's Wills. Uh, even if you went down to Becton, I think you could be comfortable with that. You consider those four guys as being the main top offensive tackles in this draft. There's some other players that you can get in the second and third rounds, but they're going to have their concerns. So, you know, just earmark that and understand it could be a different offensive tackle, but one of them will be available there after I ran this scenario a few different times. So we head into that second round. They pick up the safety, Xavier McKinney. Again, tremendous talent. Uh, the clear best safety in the draft, in the 2020 NFL draft. He has all the skill set, athleticism, versatility, can come down into the box, can play deep, can play zone, can go into coverage. So this was kind of that no-brainer of just getting a natural talent and athlete in the back end of this secondary. And then at, pick, at round two, pick number 12, Here's the cornerback that I think the Giants need to really take a hard look at, and if he's available here and falls to them, they need to be considering picking him up. Now, in this scenario, I remind you, the Giants have gotten Ngakwe in free agency. They've gotten McGovern in free agency as well. So we've checked a couple of boxes. Now we've also addressed our tackle situation in the first round. Top of the second, we get some secondary help. Uh, and you can think about bringing in some other linebackers or potential edge rushers in free agency. It's not going to be just those two names. But here's Damon Arnett. 
cornerback out of Ohio State, projected to go in the first to second round, so he's fallen a little bit. Again, a player that does have some off-field concerns, so that has him slip a little bit. Six foot, 195 projected to have a 440 speed at the combine so obviously has the speed has good size and you go right back up to who we just spoke about in Gladney basically the same kind of thing solid 40 time our net projected to be a little bit faster and then the size in terms of height is right there but just a little bit more meat a little bit more muscle on this guy he is instinctive rough versatile player not unwilling to get his nose in around the ball in terms of run support see is also seen by scouts as being capable of playing both inside and excuse me inside at nickel and also outside he plays a man or zone and again physical feisty and competitive and a good tackler that shows no hesitation in terms of read and reaction from what he sees when looking into the backfield and where the quarterback is trying to go If this is a player that is available in the second round after the Giants draft McKinney there at four in this obviously trade down scenario, you have to really be excited about the prospect of bringing him in. It means that he comes in and automatically starts to compete with Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker. And oh, by the way, if he shows that he's more talented than any of this group or more talented certainly than Haley and maybe even Ballantyne, you automatically can plug him in and shuffle him around in nickel packages, put him on the inside on the slot, have that versatility knowing that based on down and distance you have a cornerback that can support in the run game can flash out into zone and then obviously can go into man and again have that edge and competitiveness not dissimilar to and scouts have pointed to this DeAndre Baker in terms of a physical player that wants to get up into the face of the wide receiver try to bump him off his routes and play his butt off from start to finish whistle to whistle now Comparing him to DeAndre Baker may be a little bit deterring from a Giants fan perspective, obviously because of his struggles, but but I point to this again, and we haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast. DeAndre Baker, I think, showed you enough at the back end of this past season to feel like, okay, this is a player that had to learn. And cornerback is a position that does have a learning curve at times when you come up to the NFL level, adjusting to the way referees call penalties. Uh, certainly adjusting to the physicality of wide receivers on the outside, and then just the speed of the game in terms of read and reaction. So I like what I saw from Baker and how he developed, and it feels like Damon Arnett could be that another piece when you talk about rebuilding this defense. I know we've highlighted so much about the offensive side of the ball, and specifically the offensive line over these last handful of podcast episodes that we've done, and yet... We know when you talk about Ngakwe in free agency, even when you talk about that idea of how the Giants have, you know, in fourth position after winning the games that they did this past year, took themselves out of the Chase Young scenario. Okay, so we did, but we still can address a number of issues if you line yourself up correctly through this draft. And there's other scenarios in terms of these trade down opportunities where the Giants can still find themselves with multiple picks in a handful of these rounds. Now, getting a couple in the second round is going to be key, and certainly you can think about the idea of maybe would the Giants back down from four a little bit to give themselves a package in the second and third round as well. So a lot of things to explore there. Just to flesh it out in case anyone's wondering, wide receiver. Chase Claypool is there for us in the third round at the 11th pick. We go ahead and grab him to give ourselves that big red zone wide receiver weapon. We take a look uh, in the third round again here with that compensatory pick where we end up going after uh, Logan Wilson. 
out of Wyoming, the linebacker, so give ourselves a good opportunity there. And then likewise, at the top of the fourth round, uh, we find ourselves with a chance to get uh, Onferny Jennings out of Alabama, basically listed as an inside-outside linebacker right now, 6'1", 252, and here's a guy uh, that has a solid, solid, uh, excuse me, solid run defense prospect is a dangerous blitzer and can certainly work himself in and around the middle of the field. Now he's not necessarily going to be, you know, a plug-in starter every down linebacker, but when you think about some of the existing players, some of the guys you can bring in free agency, you obviously can start to build this lineup out. Now, uh, we clearly wanted to do some player profiles here, so I ran through the cornerback position and then also gave you some additional stuff here because tomorrow when I get on with Andy, um, we're going to briefly highlight what I talked about in terms of this draft class and the trade-down scenario, get his thoughts on these cornerbacks and the possibility of the, of the Giants really being able to make some headway in terms of rebuilding this defense and doing it in that second round and even into the third round there where, as, I, as you highlight, right, the Giants go outside of wide receiver Chase Claypool. I have them going defense in twice in the second and then again twice in the third round. And oh, by the way, if anyone happens to care, we do snag in the fourth round at the 16th pick again received from the Indianapolis Colts. Thaddeus, Young, uh, Thaddeus Moss, excuse me, the tight end out of LSU. So we, we complement ourselves with another weapon, the potential replacement in terms of offensive capabilities. If Evan Ingram is to be gone, whether it's this year or next year, no contract, trade, whatever the case may be. Now, not the same type of player at tight end, but you want to replace production and opportunity there, and the Giants are able to do that as well. Now, I only ran the four-round mock draft, so we didn't get into the fact that we also received the fifth-round pick at 14 overall. So the Giants get another selection there to work with. Remind you that they also have their sixth-round pick and then three picks in the seventh round as well. So, you know, these are the things that we're going to start to take a look at. And again, uh, this may represent a lot of my next mock draft, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lock into these opportunities. And at the top of the second, I'm not saying that automatically Automatically, Damon Arnett has to be the choice. Free agency will dictate how these selections go. But when you start to work through, as we did, these handful of options here, you know, whether it is Reggie Robinson, who could be the potential steal, and I do like earmarking him for maybe an extra selection for the Giants in that secondary if he were to fall to the back end of the fourth round or early fifth round, possibly. But a guy like Troy Pride Jr., Lamar Jackson, you know, these guys, while they have some aspects of their game that you can like, they don't really move the needle for you. And right now, I think that the Giants need to be looking to draft players that can come in and make an impact this season. And you don't want to necessarily develop talent at every position across the board. And that's hard to do when you have the holes that the New York football giants have. But if they could snag one of these cornerbacks and again, build out through free agency, all of a sudden you can start to see yourself having a young feisty, competitive, and sometimes dangerous defensive unit. And if you can just play marginally better than the way you produced last year as these guys learn and grow at the NFL level, all of a sudden you can see how a handful of games where maybe some key stops could have put you in a position to have some game-winning drives for the offense or where you had a lead and could have gotten a couple of key stops to close a game out. 
You flip those over and you talk about going from being a four-win team to being a six-win team to being a seven-win team, and you start to just get yourself in the mix of having a competitive season where you still have your eye on the playoffs as you progress through the first half and into that back end of the 2020 NFL season. That's going to do it for us here on the One Giant Podcast. Nice and sweet, hopefully shortened to the point for you. Take a look at some of these guys for yourselves. Think about would you want to go after a cornerback at the top of the second in a trade-down scenario. If you don't trade down and you have that second-round uh, second pick at four, would you consider going right to corner cornerback at that spot? How much do you think the Giants need to pursue a safety if you have confidence in Julian Love on this back end and the potential, as we have mentioned, the idea that maybe HaHa Clinton Dix is out there as well in free agency underneath that $10 million price tag also. So this is the fun and, and the frenzy of the offseason. We've been really enjoying getting into this content for you, so hopefully you have as well. I'll be right back here with Andy Makowitz. I'm sure he'll have his things to say, especially when it comes to uh, going out there in free agency and considering bringing in McGovern. That being the case, on behalf of Andy Makowitz and the One Giant Podcast, I am Adam Marbrecht. We will catch up with you again tomorrow. Until then, as Andy would say, go Big Blue.